Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Welcome to episode number 61 of today's podcast. Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, the last outs made in every World Series since the year 2000. Jeremy, it's kind of an oddball statistic, but we thought it'd be a fun one to recap for the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think we this had come up like uh, last year when we were doing like World Series prep. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting thing to look at. Like the last out is always like the you know the iconic thing that people look at like when they look back at World Series highlights and everything, um, and you usually don't think about the person who made the last out. You think about the the pile up and all that stuff. So figured we'd go back and take a look at some of these people. Well, before we get down to that business, though, this like I said is num- episode number sixty one. So the number and the player we're going to be honoring today is a, is a really obvious one. Uh, it's going to be the sixty one home runs hit in nineteen sixty one by Roger Maris. Uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the movie 61, uh, about that very topic. Asterisk. Ah, uh, yes, right? yes, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, it has the asterisk. Why, why was that? Anyway, why can't I remember what, what the asterisk well, was Well, you know, you know what? I bet it was uh, people wanted that asterisk there because uh, uh, Roger Maris did it, and the Yankees played 162 games. Right, it was longer season, right? Ruth only played 154 when he hit 60 in whatever year he hit that in. That's right. Um, so that, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, I think 61 uh, was directed by Billy Crystal? It was, it yeah, was. Yeah, okay. Um, it's it's nice to know that there were like the baseball police back then too. They're like asterisk, asterisk. It's like, hey man, chill out. Was there some guy like you know like a, kind of like a hip like forward thinking like a progressive thinking like member of the New York press to be like hey. We don't need the asterisk, all right? Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah, you know? I, I, um, uh, it started, uh, I had forgotten this, Jeremy. I knew Thomas Jane was in the movie, but I had yeah. forgotten that Barry Pepper was yeah. also in the movie. Was, was like, did, did the curse of the Bambino transfer from the Red Sox to the acting careers of Thomas Jane and Barry Pepper? <laughs> because, like, yeah, I mean, Thomas Jane, I think, did Hung. Maybe after, or maybe it was concurrently when 61 was Well, came yeah, out. I, I feel like with 61, uh, we should look this up, Jeremy, but it was yeah. the late 90s. I think Thomas Jane later was cast was in The Punisher, so that was like his big thing. I think it was late, I think it was later than the late 90s. I think it might have been okay. like 2000, I would have said like 2004. Oh, or wow, okay, like I that. was going to say it was like 98 or 99, but we're going to look up yeah, uh, right now. Yeah, you do that, I can talk uh, about. Oh, 2001. Okay. So this is pre-Punisher. But okay. Yeah. And uh, I probably pre-hung also. I, maybe I'm the only one who knows hung, which <laughs> it's about a guy with a large penis. I odd that I know a lot about it. But um, so um, yeah, but definitely Barry Pepper oh. fell out of to oblivion. A- absolutely. Um, did, have you ever seen Battlefield Earth, Jeremy? I, I didn't. I didn't. Do, do you think that that did that contribute to his career? You know, I, I think that Battlefield Earth was maybe a little bit before 2001, but like he had probably yeah. he had probably accepted the role of in '61 before that movie came out. Yeah. Uh, Barry Pepper actually looks like Roger Maris yeah, a little bit. Yeah, So it's not, sure. it's not bad casting. And from what I've heard, Thomas Jane is every bit as much of a drunk as Mickey Mantle. So <laughs> okay, all right. maybe it's, you know, appropriate casting. Um, yeah, well, Barry Pepper came preloaded with the with the buzz, with the flat top. So that, that, was, that helped in, in casting, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Thomas Jane, uh, I mean, 
for me, the biggest Thomas Jane's biggest role was in uh, Boogie Nights. He was like yeah. that sleaze Todd, I think okay. his name was. Okay. Uh, who gets them like mixed up in drugs, basically. Um, there's this weird scene, and so yeah, so you didn't see sixty. No, I, oddly enough, I've never seen. It. I think it was an HBO movie, right? It, yeah, it was. I yeah. saw it like once, I think. And there's mm-hmm. this there's this scene where like Thomas Jane like uh, like has this like really nasty bruise on his like like thigh or like his ass, basically. Yeah. From sliding into a base, and like I feel like it was somehow like. I forget like exactly what it was, but like they look like yeah he like um, it. I feel like it somehow like they tied in the alcohol like the drinking to it somehow. I don't yeah. really I don't really remember. It's foggy, but uh, but yeah um, you know I don't know. I think uh, it was all right. It, it didn't really stick with me that much, but okay. uh, but yeah. So hey, why not talk about it for number sixty? I think this is just an excuse to talk about Thomas Jane and, and Barry Pepper. Right, absolutely. But that's fine. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, we, we got back last week, uh, one week ago today, today is Sunday, uh, from the Catalyst Content Festival. Uh, yeah. We talked a little bit about it on the, we, we recorded a very mini mini sode on the ride home, but mm-hmm. uh, we were just going to do a quick wrap-up of a few other things that happened. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think we kind of like touched on the uh, the, 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 the key moments. Uh, it was It was awesome. Uh, to 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 uh, to experience Jack, we are uh, <laughs> we're like uh, nominees for outstanding podcasts. We, we're not winners, but we're we're nominees. So we, we were, and then Jeremy, <laughs> we were actually on a live podcast recorded by Catalyst Content Festival, which was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was cool. Um, we 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 spoke briefly about that too. I'm I'm hoping that 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 surfaces somewhere so people can like hear it because I thought it was I thought it was interesting to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, um. It was it was kind of funny. Like they they you know um, asked us about how we got into the podcast and everything, how we started doing it. We told some stories about how we would like go to games and stuff before we decided to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was funny at one point. They asked us like one of the hosts asked us uh, like how off, how much time do we spend with each other? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was strange too. She said we had a a, a a rapport where we knew when to pause and let the other one talk. Which yeah, right. I, I, supp- I guess is a compliment. So. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I didn't know how to answer that question. Yeah. Basically, I'm like, uh, we text each other like when the game's happening, but right. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny though. It, uh, yeah, I would love to hear back to it because it was all kind of like a whirlwind. Even like kind of we got kind of got like 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 swept into the room kind of and like we were and i, I was a bit taken aback because like we were we found, saw four people in the room the two uh kind folks interviewing us and also two engineers um and, a, sure. and a bunch of microphones and it, it definitely uh had the uh it felt like a radio interview almost yeah. um so hey, you know not to you know it's not our the rain delay theater studios ain't too shabby but this was <laughs> This is a nice. Uh, this is a nice setup that they had there. Yeah. Um. Uh, but we, yeah, we didn't know what kind of questions they were going to ask us. So it was all. It was all very off the cuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, everybody was super cool, and it was a, a great time and a great experience. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. Um. So I wanted to. Say, there was. There was one. Um. Uh, funny moment. Uh. About the. Uh. The pot or like of the trip that I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack. Um. Was uh. There was a, so we Jack and I shared a hotel room just to save some bucks mm-hmm. and. Uh, there was um, it was funny because um, I had noticed that Jack, like you had dropped like a jacket on the on the hotel floor or yeah. something, and I saw like a chapstick mm-hmm. next to it. Yeah, and I had seen it for like two days while we were there, yes. but I didn't say anything. Yeah, and when we were like straightening up the room to like check out on Sunday, like yeah. Jack, you said like. Hey, is that your lip gloss? Yeah, I called it lip gloss. <laughs> yeah, and and I and, and immediately I was like lip gloss. Yeah, like yeah. That, like, and it was funny because like I was waiting for the moment when that when 
it was going to come to a head about this chapstick that had been sitting on the ground for uh-huh. two days. Yeah. And uh, that was not the way that I thought it would end up. And right. Like, um, and then it turned out to be just a mystery chapstick. Yeah, it was just it was just somebody's uh, chapstick that they had left there, and the, whoever cleaned the room just like left it there. Maybe it was the cleaning ladies. Yeah, or I, I don't know, but I, it was creepy. there. It, yeah, it was there for uh, yeah two days, and I, I kind of just took it for granted that it was there. I never, uh, yeah, I, right. I, I, I thought it was yours. I don't know, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> I guess maybe that says a lot, a lot about like the way that I, I live in my day to day life. <laughs> Stuff just sits around my apartment, and you know I don't notice it. But well, I could say that I saw it, and I would like didn't say anything for two yeah. days. So we're both kind of not so i guess but, right but yeah. yeah so it's kind of funny so um uh yeah and then uh yeah the 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 drive home uh was epic it's kind of funny because so we recorded that um i mean it was maybe in like we recorded that little mini-sode uh maybe in like the second or th- yeah first or second inning it was about yeah so it was about when we recorded it uh the, i think the game started at 708 on that sunday night we central record, time yeah. yeah central time we recorded that podcast around 730 or so yeah right um, right which we, was about an hour and a half into our seven plus hour drive exactly yeah we hit the road about six o'clock yep. or something like that and um yeah and like and the the astros had just scored one run and it seemed like they were threatening and then we were surprised to turn the podcast back on and find out that they didn't get those other runs and so it was like one nothing i think mm-hmm. um and then uh the yankees tied it up and so basically the point of what i'm saying is like that uh dr- that game which lasted with like five hours or something yeah so it, it the game ended about midnight um yeah. which was uh which was good for us because it basically carried us through the whole drive yeah it was pretty cool to listen to like and like we were like switching back and forth between espn radio with uh dan schulman and uh a little bit of like the yankees uh wfan i think it is mm-hmm. um broadcast with john sterling and uh susan waldman yeah I think. yeah uh, so that was cool to hear that. Um, we were, we we talked a lot about uh, John St- about the broad about the Yankees radio broadcast uh, while we were driving back, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting booth, and like I like it. It's like both of those people are kind of like sound bites a lot, especially John Ster- uh, Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I like I like hearing him do a game just uh, in between like the the highlights, just calling the game play by play. Right. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a great experience, and like yeah, like I've been in those situations where I've like done like a road trip home, uh, and I've had like a baseball game like go into extra innings and carry me all the way home, and it's uh, it's like a godsend, really. It was, um, and you know, Jeremy. So this is going to kind of segue nicely into last night's game, Game Six of the uh, ALCS, which ended up being the deciding game. Yeah. But uh, the game ended after eleven o'clock, and once again, it started at seven o eight, and I was like, oh god, this is a long freaking game. Yeah. But like at the same time, like I can't complain about it that much because it, it carried us through that. That drive so yeah, for it, sure. in, in this you know last night it was kind of annoying but uh you know last week it actually helped us out so i guess i'll take it yeah. i don't i guess the those games are just so long jeremy every one of them i think it's just because the, there's a lot of pitching changes and the pitchers work really slow in yeah, those games for sure um so i i guess there's nothing to be done about it uh, unless they uh, add a pitch clock but yeah i don't know i don't know like what the astros are in terms of like you know, pitches per plate appearance. Or, yeah. But the Yankees obviously t- they take a lot of pitches just as like a club uh, directive or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think Yankees games by default are long in general. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you add the playoff atmosphere to it, and it's even longer. Um, I gotta say that that game was exciting as hell. Like it was, it was a great ending. Like yep. I, I was like pumped up about it for like. Even through today, yeah. Even. Um, I mean, and there were a lot of uh, there the the great defensive play, Michael Brantley diving for that uh, ball and making that basket catch, and then throwing the runner out at first for a double yeah. play. Um, yeah. for when did Michael Brantley become a, a player who gets subbed out for defense? 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. You don't know, but like, I'm Jake Marisnik is glad about it because I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you that's the only reason he's on the roster. Yeah. Um, exactly. Speaking of Jake Marisnik, uh, he was on deck when Jose Altuve hit that home run <laughs> last night. So I mean, that's just a blunder either from Aaron Boone or like Aroldis yeah. Chapman not to just walk Jose Altuve that, when you know and face Jake Marisnik. That's why I think Altuve or uh, Chapman had that like demonic smile or that smirk <laughs> on his face. By the way, that was creepy as hell. Yeah. Considering like knowing like Aroldis Chapman's backstory. Yeah. It's like it was it was kind of scary to see. Like it and, was. Yeah. He yeah. just had this like demon like this demented look like <laughs> like like the jokers out in theaters right now like he had like a joker like smirk on his face like i'm gonna kill somebody i'm gonna kill somebody yeah yeah it's weird um, um you know jared leto uh tried to stop him from being put in that game i don't know if you've been <laughs> reading that uh that whole stupidness but uh but, but anyway um yeah it was uh, uh it was good to see altuve uh altuve do it i think the home run happened on a uh, slider if yeah I'm not it mistaken. was it was a high slider um yep. 88 miles per hour is 2-1 count. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I was I was, I was, was kind of noticing that Chapman was throwing a lot of off-speed stuff last night. And, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of wondering uh, that, that thought process. I'm, I'm wondering if, like, Chapman was just unhappy with the, like, the pitches that were called from the dugout. Yeah. And then also, like, yeah, pitching to Altuve, like... Um, and then maybe that's why he was kind of just like beside himself or whatever. But uh, it was exciting. It was. Yeah. And I, yeah, go ahead. I was I was watching the game with my with my in laws with uh-huh. my new in laws and like um, the Lemayhu homer was exciting uh, mm-hmm. and um, they were even getting into it and they're not like the biggest of baseball fans. Yeah. Um, and then when Altuve hit that homer, it was kind of like a no doubter and like even they were like like whoa like we all like you know there were two those two big moments of. LeMahieu Homer and the Altuve Homer were like you know exclamation moments, like yell out loud moments, and uh, you, I, whenever that happens in a game, you got to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, um, and honestly, I think this is going to make a, a for a better World Series now. Yeah. Um, uh, just because Garrett Cole is going to be able to start Game One, yeah. probably against uh, Strasburg or Scherzer. I know. Um, I wonder who they go with. Um, either one. Either way, it's going to be an awesome matchup. But yeah, Cole's Cole's all lined up for uh, Game One. And um, he might yeah. pitch three times in the series. I mean, maybe game one, game four, and be available for game seven. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Ver- Verlander. Like, he, the, I, did he did he have a good outing in between that like Rays blow up and the? Yeah, he I guess he pitched uh, he pitched that game. The, yeah, uh, and I think he, he at least had a quality start in that game. Yeah, yeah. I think he may have even made it into the seventh inning. The extra um, inning game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, he pitched on Friday, right? Yeah. Um, oh, was it Friday? Yeah, it I, think, I believe Sunday he pitched game. on Friday. Okay. Um, well, regardless of what it was, like I mean, he had the bad outing against the Rays, mm-hmm. and then he had the bad outing uh, yesterday. Right, right. Um, uh, or two days ago. Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was two days ago. So I think he pitched on on Friday. On Friday. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think he might have pitched the extra inning game too. Okay. That, okay. That's yeah. What I'm yeah. About. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm losing track. So. Um. So yeah. So anyway, uh, if he's not right, that kind of pops the the like the the. Like the pomp and circumstance around the ser- around the series a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, like on paper, Strasburg and Scherzer. I tweeted this like last week. Strasburg and Scherzer versus uh, Cole and Verlander. It, that's that's pretty awesome, I right? Would say. And you know, with Granky and Corbin being like the third wheels on their respective teams, like that's Still not too good. shabby either. Yeah. So. Yeah, it should it should be a, a good series. So we'll uh, we'll definitely have another episode, um, you know, uh, when, when the series is happening uh, to kind of keep you up to date yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so there's one more thing before we get to our topic, and that's yeah. the uh, the Cubs manager search. Yeah, I figured just you know touch base on it really quick because it's still unresolved. Um, it sounds to me at this point that like. Um, or like, you know, based on, I think Gordon Whitmire from the Sun Times like tweeted this, uh, that it's pretty much down to, um, uh, David Ross and Joe Espada at this point. Yeah. So no, no Joe Girardi. Yeah. Yeah. Girardi's out, uh, I guess. Um, which, uh, I, I feel okay with, I mean, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if his, I don't know if his, his deal, his, his act would fly, right? Like, like with the Cubs or the, the, these days even. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like he's going to manage. He's going to manage the Mets. Well, maybe the Mets, uh, maybe the Phillies, because they said yeah. the, Phil- the Phillies' job was down to uh, Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker, and uh, Buck Showalter. God. So, it, I mean, Girardi definitely seems like the most desirable and also like the most like hip candidate out of all those three. <laughs> yeah, he's Would- like the, the hot young like stud of that group. I yeah, guess, yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, listen, those managers would uh, could win you any any kind of games in between 1995 and 2007, I'd say. <laughs> you know, so good for the Phillies on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 2019, and they'll be managing in 2020. Uh, but good luck with that. Yeah, it'll be great. And Bryce Harper, you only have twelve more years <laughs> of that contract, so good luck with yep. that. Also, um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, now I don't know. We we did have a lengthy discussion, Jack, like driving up about Joe Espada. Um, he's an in, he's an intriguing candidate. Sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. My my point was that uh, another guy who sounded good on paper for the Cubs was Mike Quaddy. Yeah, I, I uh, Jeremy, I, I, I only know of Mike Quaddy because he used to come into a bar that my former roommate would bartend at. Yeah, um, and he, he's like the forgotten Cubs manager. If, if the, if the Cubs managers were like the Three Stooges, he would be Joe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, I, I didn't know that he looked good on paper though. Yeah, uh, were they just what saying what he's a baseball lifer, been yeah. around forever? Yeah, just you know he was he's been near all the greats. He's coached right. underneath all the greats mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's like that doesn't necessarily mean that he's ready to lead the team to the promised land. Right. Um, but uh, I, I will say anybody taking over the Cubs job has a lot less pressure than anyone before Joe Madden because they have a series under their belt now. So. Right. Um, but, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, again, all signs seem to point to uh, David Ross, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but, I mean, that, that announcement could be coming pretty damn soon. Yeah. They might try to get it in before the World Series even, so we'll see. It could happen tomorrow. Yeah. Or uh, the, the day this drops. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that David Ross would be, like, the uh, sexy hire in terms of, like, uh, you know, media attention and yeah. just uh, fan adoration. So, yeah, we'll see. But um, I guess my prediction of Mark Loretta... It's not going to come to pass. No, uh, unfortunately. Wonder what he'll do next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, who knows? But run a sundry uh, store or something like that. Run a what kind a, of a sundry store, like a general store or something. Like <laughs> Loretta's Goods and Services. I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, let's talk about the last outs of the World Series. Okay, Jeremy, you got them up here. Yeah, this was a fun list to make. Yeah. Um, so like, I just kind of kept going. Traditionally, we will do like ten years, maybe fifteen years, and we figured let's take it all the way back to two thousand just to round it out. You know, uh, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll plug. You know, some of these might require more conversation than than others. But uh, let's start with last year. Yeah, 2018. Uh, Manny Machado 
was struck out by Chris Sale to make the last out of the World Series. That is that is so interesting to me. First of all, uh, Machado, like he uh, uh, he disappeared this year in San Diego. You know, he yeah. uh, he he kind of went off everybody's radar screen as soon as he signed that big contract. I didn't remember that he was the last out of that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was discussing this with a former guest, Mark Bubblebath, mm-hmm. uh, today, and he somehow remembered that. Yeah, and neither of us did. No. Uh, so kudos to him. Um, but but he was talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember that it was just a pathetic at bat. Like he just like." Uh-huh. He just seemed like, because, you know, at that point, like, it's like they, you know, they they knew they were going to lose. And so it's like he just seemed like he was like a defeated man or something. Well, yeah. And I mean, Manny Machado was having one heck of a playoffs. That was his Johnny Hustle playoffs where he said, you know, he'll <laughs> never be Johnny Hustle. That's just not his game. Yeah, um, right. That was where he like kicked uh, Jesus Aguilar in like the ankle yeah, when he, he was running to first base. Yeah. Tried to injure him. So I can't say I, I feel too sorry for Manny Machado for making that last out. No. And probably his sights were set on, like, you know, the dollar signs uh, of what he was about to make in that offseason. Right. Um, um, also surprising that uh, Chris, I guess not surprising if you were watching that series, but that Chris Sale struck him out. Like, what yeah. the hell happened to Chris Sale this year? Yeah, I don't know. He was I don't just know. complete diarrhea. His ERA was like <laughs> his ERA was like four forty. Everybody on the Red Sox staff had an ERA of like four fifty this year. But yeah, especially him was just a huge disappointment overall. Why was Kimbrel not closing that game? I don't really quite remember, but uh, I think it was one of those things where, and I guess we'll talk about this when we get to the twenty fourteen series. And yeah. I mean, we might see it um, in this new series uh, in twenty nineteen. But like, uh, I guess Sale was just maybe like on fire, and they're like, "All right, let's just put him in and have him do like a bum garner from twenty fourteen for sure. Let yeah. him get the save." Well, that never goes wrong. Just ask uh, Dave Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, should we move on to twenty seventeen? Yeah. Corey Seager, the uh, <laughs> the. Uh, maligned Corey Seager of Randley at, at least on this podcast. What did you say about him, Jeremy? I think I said he's overrated. I yeah. also said that Carlos Correa is overrated. I mean, listen, I, I uh, Carlos Correa was maybe more of a question mark, but I, I mean, Corey Seager, I, just, I don't get it, but whatever. Well, I, I think you specifically said he ain't shit. Oh, yeah, I that's that was Yeah, that was your uh, your big catchphrase he that you were shit. trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, folks, I'm actually going to try to work in my catchphrase. I told Jeremy about this, but I want it to be, you think I'm making that shit up? Which is uh, the, uh, something that the Bagel Boss guy says in his videos. So I, I think that would be a good catchphrase to have. So yeah. I'm just going to start gradually peppering that uh, into each episode. Any way we can uh, emulate the Bagel Boss more would be uh, preferred. Um, so Corey Seager uh, had a four three ground out to uh, to Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, yeah, uh, who who basically had like a second life with the Astros. Yeah. Um, after being just a guy with the Pirates for a long time. Yeah, and even the Braves before that, right? Right. Yes. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Like he's kind of a cool story. Like uh, he's like a relevant pitcher and. Um, you know, kind of carried the Rays a little bit, like the the pitching staff at times this he year. He did. I think he threw like about two hundred innings this year, and like nobody else on the Rays had like a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then he um, what, what was it? He like closed out. Uh, he he has uh, saves or wins in like decisive <laughs> games, like three in a row decisive elimination games yep. or something. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty. He's you know he has this like uh, cool, calm assassin. Uh, uh, demeanor now, reputation, I guess, because of these 
playoff uh, appearances. Yeah, I feel like every every playoffs, there's like one pitcher where you're like, this guy's still around. Like this guy's still relevant. Like in 2017, it was Charlie Morton. Uh, and yeah. last year's like when the Red Sox were there it was Brandon Workman. I was like, <laughs> Brandon Workman's been on the he's been on the Red Sox for like 10 years. What, yeah. Why is this guy still on on the team? And uh, this year it was Brad Peacock started yeah. yesterday. I was like, how is how uh, in this pitching staff of like all of these good guys and a team that won 105 or six games or how whatever for the Astros like how is Brad Peacock on this roster yeah I don't know I mean so he also had an impact in that 2017 uh, World Series mm-hmm. I think he pitched like a a huge amount like he he did long relief in a long game or an extra inning game or yeah. something but then like you saw that he set this record too no I didn't. it wasn't he didn't set a record but he did something that hadn't been done since the 20s yeah which was he made the last out he he recorded the last out of a game and then started the next game on zero days rest for the first time since like the twenties or whatever. Wow. And it had only been done like three or four times before. Yeah. One of them was like Mordecai Three Fingers Brown. That's <laughs> one of the guys. And it's just like, yeah, okay, whenever you're in that uh, category, like it's like, yeah, you're uh you're doing something uh notable. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so Brad Peacock is like in the history books for doing that. It's pretty crazy. Crazy. But uh all right, so uh twenty sixteen uh, the year we, uh, we all know and love, uh, if you're a Cubs fan like yeah. me. Um, Michael Martinez uh, had a 5-3 ground out. I didn't even have to look that one up, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to Chris Bryant uh, off of Mike Montgomery, who was the pitcher. Yes, he was. Um, uh, yeah, we, we were actually talking about this on the uh, the ride up, I think. But I think, yeah, Carl Edwards started that inning, and yeah. then Montgomery relieved him. There was a runner on base, too, in that inning, wasn't there? Yeah, Brandon Geyer, I believe. Yeah, I believe. yeah, yeah. Or, or was it Rajai Davis, maybe? Mm, well, yeah, Davis, uh, Davis hit the home run off Chapman. And I wonder if the order they, they had bad enough times for the order to turn over. Yeah, um, they, no, he came up in that in that uh, inning. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I think maybe Geyer scored because they scored a run in that inning. Uh huh. Um, oh yeah, Christ. Yeah, because it was. Uh, oh God, was it five to four the final score? I, it might have been. Or, yeah. No, it was eight to seven. It was eight okay. To seven was the final okay. Score. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I think I think Rajai Davis was on base. Uh huh. Because um, he had he had gotten another RBI and driven in Geyer. I think so. But um, but yeah, so Michael uh, Martinez hit that uh, weak ground ball yeah. uh, to to Chris Bryant. I had to look up to see if he played anymore after that, and he did. I have his I have his stats up here still. Um, um, he played uh, twenty seven more games in twenty seventeen and hasn't reappeared since then. Yeah, we um, saw him hit his only home run of twenty sixteen too. We were at a doubleheader with uh, Mark Bubblebath. I yeah. believe was at that doubleheader too. Yeah, so yeah, with Cleveland earlier that year, he hit a homer. It's only one of the years, sixth of his career too. Yeah, yeah. And he never hit another one after that. Nope. So yeah, we uh, folks, we have seen Nick Swisher and Michael Martinez <laughs> hit their last home runs. That's right. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, Jack, I um I remember I was going through. Through like a an old um, uh, scorecard, and I had seen Michael Martinez on the Phillies as well. Really? Yeah. And so it's one of those things where you think about it's like, man, you know, who would have known that at that time in like you know 2011 or 12, I was seeing this guy who would eventually make the last out against the Cubs when they win the World Series. Yeah, man. It's like serendipitous. You were like the the guy kept popping up in your baseball watching life <laughs> yeah. until you know until he made that last out. Jeremy, exactly. one one odd thing. Um, I think Rajay Davis. So you know he hit that home run against Chapman. I, I believe that he was the first player like in the 2017 spring training. It was like with Oakland or something. I think he was like in oh, the very first yeah. spring training game. He led off the game against the Cubs in 2017. Yeah, and I almost want to say Mike Montgomery was pitching. 
pitching too. Yes, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy. So odd. Yeah, um, Twenty fifteen, one of my favorites, Wilmer Flores yep. made the last <laughs> out. Uh, looked like he struck out looking uh, off of Wade Davis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jack, we all know that you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wilmer Flores cried when he found out he was getting traded to the Brewers. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's on the D-backs now, I believe. Yes. Um, um, and so, um, yeah, that was the Royals uh, World Series win, and uh, I don't remember that. I, I still, I still think that that play where um, uh, was it Hosmer that scored mm-hmm. in the infield ground out to uh, to Lucas Duda to Duda. I yeah. still think that that's one of like my favorite plays. In that baseball. was a smart play. You know, they were just counting on Lucas Duda to not be able to uh, make that play. Yeah, he had to make a good play, like a. a uh, uh, like a precision, a precision play. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be perfect, right? But he just had to make a play, and mm-hmm. he just didn't. Yeah, I just like it's like you just roll the dice. It's like he's either gonna make it or he's not, and mm-hmm. he didn't, and yeah. he scored. And like, yeah, I just, I love that play, man. Um, and yeah, I actually I like Wade Davis too. Like he's uh, he, he's pretty filthy. I, I don't I didn't really pay attention to him and what he did this year. Yeah, but, right. Uh, even you know the Cubs, you know I, I don't think they should have let him walk after 2017. Yeah, yeah, they um, definitely could have used him. They yeah. haven't had a closer since then. <laughs> like that, that, that's worth a damn. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah, he was good. And then that that uh, that Royals bullpen that was still Davis, uh, Herrera, and um, Holland. Holland. Yeah. 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 So they had a good thing going there. Um, 2014, another 2014, Royal. Yeah. Uh, Salvador Perez uh, looked like a foul pop out uh, to the first baseman off of Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Wait, you know what? I got. I, th- I thought that that was. That I might have wrote that down wrong. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. He, yeah, it was an FP5. Because ah, okay. Pablo Sandoval caught that. Okay. Um, I think I just wrote that down wrong because that was a foul. Yeah. I uh, remember. I do remember that play. Mm-hmm. Sandoval caught it in foul territory and then just kind of like. Went to his knees, but then the pileup still happened with Bumgarner. So, so, so uh, Perez had, or uh, Salvador had to get up, or Sandoval had to get up and, uh, like, you know, run to that pile. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's funny to, like, when these different piles happen and it's like, uh, no, the official pile is Posey and Bumgarner, not not uh, Pablo Sandoval. I would be if being like on the bottom of a pile is one of like my biggest fears. Yeah, I think. sure. I would yeah. hate. I would hate that. I would be one of the last guys on that pile. I would not be Chris Coglin. Yeah, Wasn't exactly. he like one of the first guys in he, the Cubs pile? He was in like the first man in off the bench, basically. Oof, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would um, not. I would want no part of that, Jeremy. I when, when, if you ever been part of like a mosh pit, there's just like uh-huh. you know, and you you start to like lose your breath and stuff. There's yeah. just it, it, it. I I don't want it, man. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was um, wrestling in high school against the like, the the stinky kid, mm-hmm. and he was pinning me, and they didn't want to give him the win, so they kept saying like my shoulder was up, and like I was running out of breath, and I I was like. Please give him the win. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, hey, I, I feel it, man. I feel that, it. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel a little bit more sorry for the stinky kid in this situation. They, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't give the kid the win. Well, like, you he, know, so much maligned. If you think Corey Seager was maligned by Randall A. Theater, just this kid was. He had a rough ride. I became. I was friends with him actually. Okay. Because I felt bad for him. He wore yeah. the same pants every day for the first month and a half of school. <laughs> so he kind of brought it on himself. But at, <laughs> huh. that's not to go too much of an aside here, but like. I they everyone was saying like dude that kid wears the same pants every day and they were like these green khakis so it's mm-hmm. like it's not like you could like say like no I just have multiple pairs of these yeah and I remember walking into school with him one day and I'm like hey man seriously uh, what's with the pants yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like I don't know man I just like I don't like to think in the morning or something and it's like all right. Well, <laughs> just you know, let's try to. We got we got three, we got four more years to get through here. Like you know, right? Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, uh, Matt Carpenter, Jeremy, in 2013, he was struck out by Koji Uihara. Yeah, that one. I mean, like, 
it's, I, it's it's hard for me to, to believe that Koji Uehara was like the closer for that team. Yeah. But he was good that year, yeah. as far as I can remember. I mean, yeah. he was recently with the Cubs and not so good. No, I mean, he was throwing like 80 miles an hour at yeah. about 40 years old. That was a, like a totally like the Theo and the management kind of throwing him a bone. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy, I, what's surprising to me about this list now is just like how many of these guys we've already made fun of. Like yeah, I, I know, I mean, right? I, yeah, I, I, we should go back and just listen to all the episodes and see what percentage of players like from the last 15 years that we've made fun of. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, if you want to know our thoughts about Matt Carpenter, see episode, you know, 25 where we ripped the, his salsa to shit. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I point... We, we probably pointed this out when we talked about that, but yeah, Matt Carpenter, salsa clip. Yeah. Uh, A-Rod, if you go back and watch it, like, he's got the salsa in the jar in his hand, it's and the jar is completely sealed, sealed and, he sm- and he smells it. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? There's yeah. no way... You can't smell salsa from a, a closed jar. <laughs> they did bust him on that, like, at least on ESPN. Oh, but, did they? Yeah, but it's funny. Like, uh, or no, it was on uh, MLB Network. I think Kevin Kevin Millar maybe like, yeah. like busted him on that, um, but uh, yeah, we Jack, we I made a couple videos like you know with like visual components to our clips that are on uh, our Instagram yeah. page, and that was uh, we did one. I did I did one about the Matt Car- Matt Carpenter uh, salsa mm-hmm. uh, hunk that we did. Yes, and um, I used that photo for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, just looks like such a bozo. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of a Rod, uh, before the ALCS started, I believe, like I saw a tweet from his uh, his Twitter account where like he took a he had like a selfie of himself in the studio with like his suit on. He was like, "Oh, can't wait for this uh, ALCS. Going to be such a good series." It's like, yeah, cool. Uh, a selfie of you, like definitely, <laughs> uh, like. That's a great way to talk about this series. Yeah, that, that's, that's about really. To happen. Yeah, that's like the perfect primer for yeah. the series. It's like, yeah, no stats or anything, just him in a suit. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Now I'm ready. Um, but so, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Car- so Matt Carpenter made that last out, uh, um, obviously, for St. Louis. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of love for that guy. No. Um, um, Miguel Cabrera was 2012, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, 2012 strikeout looking uh, from Sergio Romo. I remember that play, but I didn't remember yep. that it was Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. I just remember it because Romo got that last out, and he did that like weird, like like hoo, hoo, hoo move, yeah. like, and it looked like some kind of weird like hip hop slash like uh, I don't even know like uh, like a boxer coming into a ring like psyching himself up or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, and he probably threw one of those like frisbee sliders that he threw uh, still throws. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I gotta say, Jack. You know, and like, um, you know, I think uh, about half of the uh, final outs we've we've talked about so far have been strikeouts. It's like, yeah, as like from an aesthetic standpoint, you want the last out to be a strikeout because mm-hmm. it's just it's clean. Yes. You know, it's like it's like he strikes out the, the catcher has the ball. They can like, you know, like jump on each other at the mound and then uh, everyone else can pile on top of that. Yeah. Because, yeah, because the worst is like a fly out. Because then that dude has to like run in with the ball and stuff, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's for aesthetically, it's like it's it's a little messy, I would say. Mm-hmm. So if I was directing, if I was writing the perfect scripts, like you got to go strike out, right, for sure. Um, but yeah, and Miguel Cabrera, a great player, but um, they got swept that series, I believe. They did, they did. Yeah. Uh, nothing is more depressing in a championship series than a sweep. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Miguel Cabrera is the kind of guy who would. Uh, be down 0-3 with two outs in the ninth, and he's just like, yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just swing, swing at three pitches and 
you know, get on my flight back to uh, uh, Venezuela. Or, or, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, 2011. Now, here's here's like kind of where, you know, we had a run of like notable guys here. Mm-hmm. But uh, 2011, David Murphy made the last out on, a, on an F7, a fly out to, uh, to the left fielder uh, thrown by Jason Mott. Yeah, uh, yeah, as Mark Arcuri said, I believe, uh, let Mott rot. Yeah, is exactly. That, is, yeah, yeah, Jason Mott had a, uh, a, sh- a short and uh, pretty awful stint with the Cubs. I believe it was in 2015. Yeah, yeah that sounds Bryant's, about right. Bryant's rookie year. Yeah. Um, he was famous. What, did he drive a Lambo? Yeah, we famously saw him. Uh, I think it was a Lambo. Uh, like, we famously saw him. Uh, uh, we saw his car, and then, like, I think I saw him later driving it, and I called you right away, and I'm like, it's Mott's car! Because yep. we were trying to, like, speculate on whose it was. Yeah. And, like, we were naming, like, well, yeah, that was funny, because it's like, well, it's like, Rizzo doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but he's, like, the biggest guy on the team. Uh, Brian, like, these guys haven't been paid yet, so they, like, haven't, can't afford that, so who could it be? Maybe Jason Hayward? Yeah. Uh, and then it was, like, Mott. Yeah. Just, just, uh, this, this bonehead. Yeah. Who, like, you know, who can throw a ball hard. Like, yeah. that's about all Jason Mott can do. Yeah, a re- like, a repurposed catcher, too. He had, like, that short, uh, wind-up and everything. Yep. Um, but uh, came but, into walked into his walk up song like when he came into pitch was Eminem was it I think, yeah it <laughs> definitely was and you know yeah. Brandon Kinsler's is now too yeah but uh, but yeah it was definitely that so yeah Jason Mott um we may have seen him blow more than one save uh, yeah. that year at games yeah let so let Mott rock yes absolutely uh, uh, David Murphy I always used to get, I used to get David Murphy confused with Daniel Murphy yes um actually when I was looking at this list uh, for a second I had to think David Murphy but yeah he was the left handed hitting outfielder yeah um, like left on, fielder yeah mostly. Left there played yeah. on the Indians for a while, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and all David Murphy to me was always just one of those guys who was like really boring, you know. He yeah. would hit like 260 or 270 with like 15 homers if he got 450 at bats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, maybe to know him is to love him, but uh, <laughs> there was, yeah, he wasn't breaking through the mainstream, <laughs> the baseball mainstream. So, no, um, so yeah, uh, 2010. Uh, was uh, Nelson Cruz a strikeout by uh, um, Brian Wilson? The beard. Yeah, the beard. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else he called himself, like the sharpshooter. I forgot what it was, but yeah, he he, he hung out with Charlie Sheen apparently yeah. a few times. I mean, Brian Wilson had a moment. Yes, as a, as a as a player, like he did. He had his whole thing with the beard, fear the beard. Yep. He did those things with the gimp, where like he would do those like he he was like on a radio sh- or like a. You know, a TV show, and they and like he had a guy in like a fucking like uh, dom dominatrix like submissive like a uh, gimp suit basically yeah. behind him, and he called him. I forgot what he called him. He called him something. I but like it was very weird actually. And like as someone who like you know likes comedy and baseball, like I was I I dug it to an extent, but it, it got a little too big for itself. Yeah. But yeah, Wilson had a whole thing going on. He definitely like dyed his beard with like shoe polish. <laughs> yeah, he was he was living his best baseball life, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. Was, when he was popular. Yeah. Um, and then he crashed and burned. I yeah. feel like a lot of those guys on the Giants, like Brian Wilson, Tim Lincecum, Matt Cain. Yeah. Like there was just a moment where they hit the wall, and then like mm. it was yeah, it, it was done. Yeah, Matt Cain. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, okay, so he he struck out Nelson Cruz. Um, who uh, went on? I mean, that was the Rangers, right? That yeah. year, and he's yeah. he, Nelson Cruz is still going strong. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, part of the Bomba Squad, uh, <laughs> with the Twins. Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe maybe Brian Wilson was the one to talk about on this one. But uh, um, but yeah, uh, you know that was the first of the uh, the three Giants uh, championships mm-hmm. of the of the tens, the teens. So um, so yeah, uh, let's go back to 09. 
Um, <clears throat> Shane Victorino uh, had a 4-3 ground out um, off the pitching of uh, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, Mariano Rivera time. involved in yet another World Series. Jeremy, wasn't Shane Victorino the uh, uh, the MVP of the 08 World Series? Um, I that's yeah, I think so. Or yeah. well, wait, no, I think Cole Hamels was okay. But okay. Victorino, he might have been like the LCS MVP or so, yeah. something. He might have been. Uh, he might have maybe it was the LCS MVP in 09 because uh-huh. I actually think that uh, Cole Hamels was the MVP of the LCS and the World Series in 08. Oh, I only okay. know that because of the um, you know because he's been on the Cubs and they've been talking about that. Sure, I I think that that's I think that's uh, correct. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely Victorino, yeah, had you know had some accolades and yep. yeah, had some big uh, plays in the playoffs and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, struck out or uh, grounded out uh, for the. Uh, to lose to the Yankees, which was the last Yankees World Series appearance. It was. Um, yeah. And actually, it's going to be the second time, uh, the first of two times that Mariano Rivera is uh, is on this list. So that's that's pretty cool. Three times, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so that's, you know, that's neat. Um, and uh, uh, it's strange to think that, like, Mariano Rivera, it seems like he's been retired forever. But it's really only been since 2013, right? Yeah, I yeah. guess so, yeah. So that seems like a long time ago, but I guess it really wasn't. Um, oh, uh, eight, Jeremy, yeah. Eric Eric Hinsky. Yeah, um, struck uh, out. Struck uh, out by Brad Lidge. Yeah, and again, I remember the um, <clears throat> I remember the Lidge's reaction uh-huh. uh, on the strikeout and like uh, Harry Callis, I believe, is the Philly was the Phillies announcer. Like I remember his call, and um, but I couldn't name a mil- for a million dollars that it was Eric Hinsky who like, no. struck out. Eric Hinsky coached first base for the Cubs for a while, didn't he? He did, and he was the assistant hitting coach, I okay. believe. Yeah. Um, I think in 16 he was the assistant hitting coach. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think he had like a good relationship with, um, with the Cubs. And I kind of want to say he was like the first manager... To like leave the team like after like sixteen like uh-huh. he was like the f- kind of first you know if you want to call him a a piece or something like but like he was a guy like I think him and Rizzo got along really well yeah um and like he was the first one to like leave the team and it was like okay well hopefully that doesn't uh, affect anybody and then Maylee gets fired and it's like okay hopefully that doesn't affect anything and here we are today but uh, right but yeah um <clears throat> but yeah so yeah again who would have thought that Eric Kinski would have been like a uh, you know a a force or not even a force but like you know a, a, a valued member of a Cubs championship <laughs> but he was as a bench as a assistant hitting coach right um, so. and speaking of guys you never thought would be valued members of something I can't believe that <laughs> Seth Smith was on the 2000, 2007 World Series roster so Seth Smith in 2007 made the last out of the World Series he was struck out by uh, Rain Delay Theater favorite Jonathan Papelbon, or as yeah. Jeremy has written here, Papelbag. Yeah, I had to type that in. Yes, yeah. and that was not an autocorrect. <laughs> uh, although maybe I can train my uh, my computer to think that Papelbon should be Papelbag, right? Uh, which would be nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, Colorado Rockies uh, losing to the uh, Boston Red Sox. I, I don't believe. remember Seth Smith being on that Colorado Rockies team. I mean, I know that Seth Smith was a Rocky. Um, he was a Rocky. He was a Padre. He was on the Mariners for a while. Yeah, um, you right. Know, he's like the David Murphy of the National League. Yeah. Well, he definitely that team definitely wasn't either the Mariners or the Padres. We know that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because um, they haven't sniffed a World Series. Mariners are the only team now with no World Series uh, appearances. Oh man, yeah. The only the, franchise. Yeah. Um, um, I know the Brewers have not won one. They're one of a couple teams not to have yet, including the Nationals, I believe. But yeah, the Mariners have never even been to the World not Series. Not even been. Um, and uh, it's funny because after the, the Nats uh, clinched, um, prospect top one of the top prospects for the Seattle Mariners, Jared Kelenic, who's a Wisconsin mm-hmm. boy, um, 
retweeted that tweet saying like the Mariners are now the only team to not be in, ever appear in the World Series, and he said like things change or something. Um, he also has a, a baseball card, uh, an autograph card, like in this year's set, and it says he signed it. You know, Jared Kalanick, and then they can inscribe below it, and he wrote. Uh, 2022 World Series champs. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of. I kind of want to get that card. Yeah, that's cool. Like, that's a bold move. And if yeah. they actually win that World Series, that'll be uh, be worth a little something. It would be cool. It's like that uh, Sports Illustrated cover that predicted the Astros. The Astros, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's some hubris by Jared Kelenic, and yeah. he must really feel that he's gonna like you know eventually make it to the big leagues with the Mariners and right. win a World Series. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners traded him for like major league ready talent at some point. Yeah, it could be. He's already been traded once right um so uh so yeah that's interesting and uh hey maybe we'll get out to the hitters again that's, that's <laughs> yeah yeah maybe he'll be there and he'll he can inscribe that for me yeah um or he'll get pissed at me like el lighter did uh <laughs> but anyway um all right so 2006 um i think this is the guy who i always like get confused with uh nick castellanos just because like he was another at one point, third base uh player for the tigers brandon inge yeah uh struck out by uh Possibly on his way out, uh, retiring, not sure yet, but uh, Adam Wainwright was closing for the Cardinals that year. Yeah. And uh, he struck out Brandon Inge to make the last out of the uh, World Series. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember Brandon Inge uh, quite well. Um, well, I shouldn't say quite well. I remember the name. I yeah, remember okay. that he was on the Tigers. I think that's about all anybody remembers about him here in the year 2019. Yeah, he was kind of uh, an early, not an early because of people existed like this before him but he was like an early like three true throughout three true outcome kind of guy uh-huh. struck out a ton yep but he he had some power and uh i think you know he walked a fair amount too, yeah so um i jeremy i was surprised that adam wainwright was still even pitching this year and like yeah. was actually a guy that was in their rotation all season just yeah, like sure. the ghost of adam wainwright yeah um he's clearly not the same pitcher that he used to be and he probably should just retire, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's gonna hang on like one more year to have like a farewell uh, tour. Uh, that could be, could be, yeah. I, it'll be interesting. We should do like if he does retire this year or maybe next year. We should do like have we? I feel like we maybe have touched on this uh, thing or no, I, I, well, whatever. I think maybe I saw it on a TV show or something. But like, uh, like how the league, how baseball has changed since Adam Wainwright, ah. uh, you know, debuted into now. Yeah, whatever. I mean, we we talked about how the world had changed from when Latroy Hawkins ah, that's what it was. to when he retired. That's you know? what it was. And yeah, there yeah, were yeah. a whole ton of things. But yeah, even just talking about it over the scope of like you know just baseball yeah. um, would be pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll yeah, maybe that. we should do that. And we'll we'll pepper in how much we both loathe Adam Wainwright, anyway. <laughs> uh, so not even his kids can listen to the episode. Right. Um, so 2005 was the White Sox uh, World Series yeah. winner. Uh, Bobby Jenks uh, induced Orlando Palmero into a six-three ground. Oof, out. Orlando Palmero, another boring guy. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Jenks, though, like, so, what were those guys called again, Jeremy? And the White Sox, they would dye their facial oh, hair and their. It's, uh, it's like the. I always get it wrong. It's yeah. like the Slick Cats Salon or something. Yeah. So, so what these guys would do is they would dye like their facial hair and their hair like just blonde. They were, they would bleach it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, and I think it was him, Pierzynski, uh Who else was doing it? Um, maybe it was um, just those two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, uh, um, well, Toby Hall. Okay. Was like yeah. the big one. Yeah. Um, too, and uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I can't. You see, it's, it's like ungoogleable. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. I and Nick know. was Nick Swisher on that team? Uh, was he doing it? No, I don't think he was. He ever on the White well, Sox? Well, you know what? I think that this happened after 2005. Okay. And that's that's why. So yeah, he might have been because I'm not even sure. I'm not sure if Toby Hall was on the 05 championship team, but right. he was definitely part of the uh, Slick Cat Salon or whatever the fuck <laughs> it was called. Such a fucking greasy, gross like thing to be known for. It's like, hey, we're known for bleaching our our hair, you know, blonde. And Toby Hall had that fucking disgusting, like skinny goatee thing on his yep. chin, mm-hmm. and he bleached it blonde. And it's like, get you, what a creep, man. Yeah, it's like focus more on baseball and and, and less on being a creep. <laughs> so hey, Toby Hall, yeah, I know you're retired, but uh, watch out, we're we're shooting your way. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy Bobby Jenks was, was good for a, a little while. I always, I kind of remember, uh, he kind of seems like just, he looked like Jason Mott before Jason Mott actually happened. Yeah, you know, I can see that. He had the same body type, same type of facial hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Slick Cat Salon though, it, like you said, it's, it's un- ungoogleable. No matter what you Google, Jeremy, it's like you can't, you can't seem to find anything. I'm just, on I'm him. not finding anything about it, but yeah. they, they had a name for it. It was something like that. Uh, and it was regardless of what exactly was it was gross yeah i mean maybe it's like with the whole like hulk hogan sex tape thing where it's just like they've they've gotten it like removed from the internet yeah they scrubbed it from the internet yeah uh so yeah who knows but uh so yeah that's what we'll call it on rain delay theater was the slick cat salon but i feel like that's so that's so odd that there's no way you could have just made that up no for sure yeah Yeah, i know i have to like uh you know reference like we need to uh consult like a uh a diehard White Sox fan. Yeah, yeah, remember we'll, that for we'll sure. ask. Uh, we'll ask Bob, the uh, Andy Frayne usher. Yeah, exactly. You know, hey, yeah. name some guys uh, from the Slick Cat Salon. Yeah, how many? Just some. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I gotta say, Jack, I, I'd love to see that uh, Hulk Hogan uh, sex tape again, <laughs> if for no other reason, just to hear him say like, "Oh, I'm stuffed" or whatever. He's like, "Oh, I feel like such a pig." <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> what a creep. Yeah, you can read the transcript from it. Oh, okay. It's, it's, well, very, it's very funny. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, that'll oh, suffice. <laughs> oh four. Jeremy is that Edgar Renteria Edgar, off of uh, Keith Folk? Yeah, Keith yeah. Folk uh, uh, won three ground out. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's exciting. Um, Edgar Renteria, yeah, I remember him from the Marlins, the Cardinals. Um, yeah. was he on the Mets for a while? I can't, I can't, I know, I, I, I know it was the Marlins and the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, Padres, I believe he okay. was on. Okay, um, yeah. The yeah, Red Sox he was on. Oh, God, he was on the White Sox? Or Red Sox. Red Sox, Red Sox. okay, okay, yeah. yeah. You're getting a full baseball resume for a lot of these guys. Yeah, today. right, yeah, to resurrect um, an old uh, bit from, from episode one th- or that two. That was never followed through with. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe we'll do it some other time. Yeah, possibly. Um, Jeremy, 03, Jorge Posada, uh, one unassisted uh, Josh Beckett. Yeah, for Josh Beckett. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, in the uh, 2003 World Series, uh, yeah, uh, that was the year uh, that the, the that was a Bartman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Marlins kind of seemed unstoppable after they knocked off the Cubs. It was just that, that momentum. Uh, that was, like, one of the, uh, like, early, like, experiences for me of just seeing, like, kind of like a franchise just just have, like, a fucking spark lit under them, and then it just, like, carried that momentum all the way to the championship. Yeah, whatever. that seems like what's happening with the Nationals this yeah. year. After they beat the Brewers, yeah. um, they've just been hot. Yeah, exactly. Um, Posada, a great player. Yep. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, that one ended uh, 
meekly in a one unassisted ground out. <laughs> you know, uh, I always kind of felt like, do you remember Javi Lopez, Jeremy? Yeah, I yeah. always kind of felt like Javi Lopez was like the poor man's Jorge Posada a I little bit. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I remember like, uh, so Javi Lopez uh, was a, a catcher on the Braves for, from in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, really good hitter, a lot of pop, yeah. but like not a, not a good defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like it, no matter... Who else? What other catcher was on the team? Like that other catcher would always catch Greg Maddox. Yeah, it's like right. yeah, it just Javi Lopez would never catch Greg Maddox. Right. I always yeah, wondered sure. like what was their like relationship like just in the locker room? Like was there like a huge elephant in the in the room? Like it's like hey man, like you know after all the all these years, you know all the conversations we've had, as Rick Sutcliffe would say, like you're not gonna like can't, can't you let me just catch you once? Yeah, exactly. Um, How about like in the World Series? Like no. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I've always, yeah, I've always kind of wondered about like you know personal catchers and like you know what what that relationship is because like you know even Robinson Chirinos now like is not you know I don't think he did he start the game yesterday because I know Maldonado was in at the end I, I didn't yeah, see much I at the beginning. I feel like Maldonado started that game. Yeah, and I, I think, think so. Maldonado was Cole's personal catcher, but okay. uh, Chirinos is probably the better hitter. So I've yeah. always you know I've always kind of wondered about that relationship when like a pitcher has a personal catcher. But, yeah, uh, or, yeah, or or how the manager feels about it. It's right. Like, it's like we could really use uh, Javi Lopez in the lineup but if you want to use uh, Paul Baco I guess go <laughs> ahead but um, we could use some home runs right yeah so. yeah but Posada great uh, great hitter um, I don't really remember how he was regarded as a catcher um, uh, defensively yeah I think I mean I think pretty I think pretty highly yeah um, but uh, but yeah I just uh, definitely. Also, a guy didn't wear uh, batting gloves too. I was gonna oh, say, yeah. He, uh, yeah, didn't wear as many batting gloves as uh, Javi uh, Lopez. <laughs> hey, yeah. Matt Carpenter also did not wear batting gloves, so True. maybe there's a uh, you know a pattern going on here. Uh, 2002, Jeremy, one of our favorites, Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Uh, looks like he flew out to the center fielder off of Troy Percival. Yeah, I kind of remember that one too because I, I I feel like I remember Percival being turned to center field and turning back around mm-hmm. to like do the pile up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that World Series was uh, interesting. Um, there was actually a lot that happened in that World Series. Uh, that was um, uh, <clears throat> Angels over Giants. Uh-huh. Um, that was the famous uh, Darren Baker. Uh, yes, Dusty that was, Baker's kid. Yeah, well, that was when uh, JT Snow like got him out of the way. So like Dusty Baker's kid was like at at home plate like clearing a bat away or something. I don't remember what yeah. he was doing up there. And then JT Snow was like running around third and barreling home. Yeah, and he like stopped and like picked up the Darren Baker and like ran across home plate. Yeah, he grabbed him by like the jacket. Yeah, Darren Baker's wearing this like you know team jacket and it was huge on him. And he like picked him up like a dog picking up a, a puppy by the scruff of his neck or whatever. Yeah. Just picked him up by this jacket. And, uh, yeah, Darren Baker just um, having the instincts of, like, the uh, bat-retrieving dog from the minor leagues. <laughs> just like, it's like, oh, bat, go get it, you yep. know? And, uh, and yeah, he just runs out in the middle of a play. And then, like, I remember they showed Dusty Baker in the dugout, like, scolding him. He's like, man, you can't do that or whatever. And it's like, this is there's a fucking World Series going on, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, why is this even a thing? And then, like, of course, uh, after uh, 03, when the Cubs lost, Dusty Baker used uh, Darren Baker as, like, a... Or, actually, was that... Ooh, God, was it was it 02 or 03? He had Darren Baker on his lap 
when he was doing the post game press conference. It was with the Cubs. Yeah, uh, so that's like a it's like a human shield yeah. uh, from the press yeah, to like exactly. prevent like tough questions from happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking scumbag. Yeah, hey, um. maybe he might be managing the Phillies in a week for, a week from now. Yes, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we could use something to be more mad at. You know, this next season. So. Right. Um, but yeah, okay, so that's 02. And 01 is, uh, there was, this, there was no walk-off, Jeremy. I was going to comment, or there was no, there was no last out. Final out, yeah. Because Luis Gonzalez, uh, hit a walk-off RBI single off of Mariano Rivera. Yeah, so when we were, like, thinking about, like, where to cut it off, um, it was, um, it was fortuitous that we, uh, made it far enough to get a walk-off, uh, you know, game seven, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't think we had the time to go all the way back to was ninety three with Joe Carter, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so Luis Gonzalez walked it off off of uh, Mario Rivera to end the series. Yep. Um, I mean, did I put it away? No, here it is. Uh, so Jack, if you really want to, um, you know, mince uh, like you know. Uh, the situation here. Uh, Jay Bell technically made the last out of the World <laughs> Series because in the uh, bottom of the ninth he um, had a, uh, a force out. Sure. Um, and he was retired. Um, actually, he wasn't even. Well, okay, so there you go. So whoever was at third base was actually thrown out in that. Uh, so Mark Grace, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or no, David DeLucci. Okay, we're going way deep. Yeah. Just for like a, a I thought would be a quick aside. But uh, <laughs> let's just uh, stick with none. Well, yeah, Craig Council scored the winning run in that game, I believe, too. Ah. Uh, Okay, um, and Jay go. Bell is now the manager of the uh, Reds, right? Is that Jay Bell? Uh, no, David Bell. David Bell, David right. Bell. Yeah, different okay. one. Yeah, different, different Bell. Uh, um, okay, but uh, yeah, Council scored the winning run in that game. And uh, yeah, that was one heck of a Diamondbacks team. I think that was uh, the team Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson were on too, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exciting was, series. Yeah, that was only like their third or fourth year of existence too. So uh, you know, you Mariners fans, you Brewers fans, all you guys <laughs> who've been, you Nationals fans, everybody who's been waiting, uh, you know, their whole lives to see a team win a World Series, like they won one in fuck four you. years. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, Mariners, uh, Marlins too. They won one in like '97, so yeah. it was like four years. Exactly. Last one, Jeremy. 2000, the Subway Series. Yep. Uh, it was Mike Piazza made the last out uh, fly out eight uh, to the center fielder off of Mariano Rivera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bringing his. Uh, you know his uh, time on this list to a close, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that series. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I think like I feel like at the time people were like excited that it was like the Subway Series mm-hmm. or whatever. But I also think like it was pretty obvious like that the Yankees were just like that like significantly better than the Mets, if, yep. I, if I can recall. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a 4-2 to two series. Uh-huh. Or, no, that was, a, that, was the, um, that was the final score. Yeah. So it was a 4-1 to one series. Uh, the Mets, like, mercifully won game, th- game three. But, um, yeah, it seemed kind of like it was decidedly Yankees. Um, did you, did yeah. you read that story about how Mike Piazza, this was in The Athletic. I'm not sure how widespread the story was, but, like, how he bankrupted a, an Italian soccer team. Uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, him and his wife, like, this was like last year or two years ago. Oh, Jesus. They, like, bought uh, an Italian soccer team that had uh-huh. been around for, like, a hundred years. And they, like, oh my God. they, like, ran it into the ground and bankrupted it. And then, like, they got, like, ran out of town. <laughs> That's funny. This yeah. sounds like a, a storyline from HBO Succession where they, <laughs> they bought a, a soccer team. But, uh, yeah, so that's what, that's what Mike Piazza has been up to the last couple of years. Is, yeah, well, uh, great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. He, he peppered in a world or a Hall of Fame induction there at some point, but then he's like, <laughs> "What else can I do? Oh, okay, I'll I'll do that. I'll ruin a soccer team. Well, great. Yeah, uh, always a good idea to have a, a 
baseball catcher get involved in soccer. I'm right. sure. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong there. No, I've always thought that Mike Piazza was like definitely a steroid guy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think he was drafted as like 30. a favor to Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, in like the 35th round or something. Yeah. Or something crazy like that. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, Mike Piazza was in the first year of the Arizona Fall League too, and did, did did well. Okay. Um, but he, I would assume then he was already juicing by that point. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, he was a steroid guy. Takeaways from this list, Jeremy, I think that um, uh, we really see why Mariano Rivera was the first unanimous uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer uh, to be voted in. What's that? He was ubiquitous in the aughts. He he was, yeah. And even in, uh, if you go back to the late 90s too, I mean, the Yankees winning all those World Series, uh, he was there. Yeah, Um, for sure. So it's it's crazy to see. He's the only guy, I think he's the only repeat guy on this list, and he's on there three times pitching in, uh, you know, the last out of a, of a World Series. Um, um, yeah, and I think, uh, so we did, what did we do, 18 years, yeah. ultimately? So eight of those were strikeouts, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, you know, I was trying to think about that. Like, they, we went on a run there, like, in the early aughts of not a strikeout. But mm-hmm. I was, I, early on, there were a lot of strikeouts. Maybe maybe that signifies, like, the change in the game, where there's more strikeouts happening. Right. I was trying to think of it in the sense, like, the way we talked about uh, with uh, Machado right at the top of, like, kind of feeling defeated. I feel like, you know, the momentum, unless it's a walk-off or something, like, I feel like for most of these World Series is, like, it's kind of like the writing is on the wall there, like, like as you're approaching the last out, and, like, the, the, the crowd is usually going nuts or whatever, especially if it's a, you know, more specifically if it's a home team that's about to win, uh, that's, like, that pressure mounting in your at-bat, it's, like, sometimes it just brings you to a strikeout, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, you know, you you can't stop this, like, freight train coming. And so you just strike out and it's over. Right. Yeah. So I guess I guess Michael Martinez can at least be given credit for making contact. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so. um, well, I, Jeremy, I think that's going to about do it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want to we want to uh, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Yeah. Rate and subscribe or just subscribe. Mm-hmm. Or you don't even have to write a review necessarily, but uh, a rating helps us. Um, so, so do that. Uh, spread the word. Tell a friend too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, follow us on social media, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter at Rain Delay Pod. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, also uh, check out our website, raindelaytheater.com, and uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about on some future episodes here as we uh, enter the off season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, and to wrap it up, then uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio, and I'm Jack Swakowski. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.